Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio. After careful planning and an okay from AC, the party unleashed a bright surprise upon the lookout Duogar and began their first skirmish into Firehammer Hole. Our heroes moved with swiftness and precision, making quick work of the sentries. But not before one of them called out for help. With their presence known, the party moved warily through the hole, unsure of what sort of traps the Grey Dwarves might have in store for them. Soon they found a great dining hall, full of exquisite mosaics. That breathed fire. Fire trap! Skid marks were made. Augury scrolls were not used. Cloaks were on fire. Clerics were squirted. After our cleric was extinguished and his cloak was billowing once again, the party tried to solve the mystery of the fire-breathing walls. Jake moved to the zone of non-fire while Cullen investigated, Esmir got creative, and Elric changed his cloak just because he felt like it. Then the party started to realize that there was a strong chance that they were being watched and that the fire traps were manned by sneaky gray dwarves. Will they figure out the fire traps or will they get burned again? What the heck is an uncontrolled conflagration? Why didn't Elric want to know if their plan had any chance of success? And are those dwarves up with peepholes or down with peepholes? Is there a difference? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast! So, exploring further into Firehammer Hold, you have discovered a grand dining hall where ancient dwarven kings would feast with their subjects, and you also discovered that this hall is trapped. Beams of fire shot out from the walls in the northwest and southeast corners. And Cullen, uh, you've made your way to the southeast corner there and discovered a small brass plate above a pipe where the flame shot out. And while you were observing it, uh, you watched it open and then close. And you're now beginning to suspect that it's a peephole um, being operated from someone on the other side of the wall. And Esmir, you're still at the um, main entrance to this hall. And uh, Elric and Jake, you two, are standing near the only other door in this hall on the southern wall. What do you guys want to do? We should check out this door next to you, Jake. We should, absolutely. All right, and as you get closer, you see the familiar flaming mall of Firehammer Hold decorating the door. But um, this one is created from a mosaic of brass and azure slate tiles. 
and you kind of get the feeling that this door leads somewhere important. Okay, so I'm going to move in front of this door, and I'm going to listen. Okay. Perception. Here we go. And I'm just going to listen, see what I hear. Eh, 19. 19. 19. That's not bad. So you listen at the door for a moment, and all is quiet. Okay. All right, well, is it locked? Um, It doesn't seem to be locked. All right. Uh, I'm going to cautiously open this door. Let me click open. (laughs) And just because you said cautiously, nothing bad's going to (laughs) happen. That's what matters. (laughs) All right, so you open this door, and you see a chamber dimly illuminated by flickering firelight from a fireplace directly across from you on the south wall. Okay. And like the fireplaces in the dining hall, it also has a mantle plated in brass. And hanging from this brass mantle is a black banner shaped like a kite shield with a red broken crossbow bolt painted on it. Mm. Yeah, does that sound familiar? Yeah, that was on the statue. Yeah, it's the Jurgar's. It's a symbol of a Jurgar god or something. Yep, Laduguer. Laduguer. And laying out in front of this fireplace, you see four bedrolls. And uh, you see a silver bowl that's holding down several unrolled scrolls. And the walls of this chamber are decorated with uh, slate bas reliefs of what appear to be dwarven kings and queens. And in the middle of the east wall stands an ornately crafted throne of azure stone. Cool. Hmm. I want to take, I'm going to take a step in. So I'm just, I'm just going to walk to there. Okay. How about you, Jake? You going to follow Elric in? I'm going to. And I want to stand by his side. Okay. And as you guys make your way in, we cut to Cullen, who is observing this strange brass plate over the fire trap. So Cullen, Jake, and Elric have walked um, through the southern door. What do you do? Impetuous youth. <laughs> I thought I was the impetuous youth. <laughs> I, I'm i trying to figure out where the switch is to make this thing close for good. If it's a person doing it, then I can't make that happen for me. But if he, then he has to be somewhere. So I'm going to look for a secret door. Okay. There's got to be some way to get into wherever that person is. Okay. Roll a perception check. Ah, uh, boogers. Four, seven. All right. So you look around and you don't see anything out of place. Uh, okay, Esmir, you're in the main doorway there trying to figure out what set off these fire traps. Uh, Cullen is in the southeast corner there looking around that trap, and the other two have walked through the southern door. What are you gonna do? I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna drop down, and I'm gonna do an army crawl okay. under the table. I'm like Rambo, guys. <laughs> like a scale version. Is Boromir moving as well, or is he gonna, uh, or is he staying in the corner there? No, he's gonna stay there because I want to actually make my way to that wall. Okay. The opposite wall where I'm standing. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go up to where the other flame came out. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. So go ahead and move yourself there. Okay. I'm going to since I'm not as vertical. Uh, vertically long as other people. Advanced. <laughs> <laughs> Advantaged. 
I'm gonna do like advantage? a like the Russian dancer kind of walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be low to the ground. Hey! And as you're making your way over there, oh you, boy, uh, <laughs> he said ants. You hear that um, metallic squeaky sound, and you see the brass plate open. And then after a moment, it shuts closed again. Kachink. Uh oh. So is the brass plate in front of the pipe? It's, it's like, above the pipe. And what? And I don't, can you help me visualize that? Like, so the pipe is sticky. There's a hole in the wall and there's a pipe. Mm -hmm. Pipe, yep. And then there's a brass plate above it. Mm -hmm. It's a peeper. The brass plate opens up in a mechanical way. Like squeaky, 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 squeak. Right, like it's on gears or something. It's a peeper. And there's a, is there anything there when it opens up? Well, it reveals, you know, a small space in the wall. It goes, you know, deep into the wall. And, you know, it's the size of the plate. Um, but you don't see anything in there. It's just darkness. Mm. What you might want to do is wave your billow, pull out a stick from your Wait, hair. Excuse me. You're in the other wave room, Jake. You're in another room, Mr. Adam. Let me tell you what to do. <laughs> I can hear his voice in my head all the time bossing me around. <laughs> Poke it in the eye. He's like... Stick your nose in there. See what's in there. If you die, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while you two are investigating the dining hall, um, let's cut back to the throne room. Okay. All right, so what are you guys doing in here? Uh, let's... I would like to check out the scrolls. I'm going to walk over to the throne and just check out the throne. Okay, so you make your way over to the throne and take a look at this high-backed azure seat where, you know, dwarven kings sat, you know, ages ago. When suddenly, a gray dwarf <laughs> leaps out from around it with his raised oh, war pick. Oh, the cool. bastards have been waiting. They heard the cry. And the war pick swings down at your head and misses with a 12. Ooh, ooh. All right, his, cool. His weapon's name is Dion. Dion Warpick. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Elric and Jake, in the dark corners of this room, you see three more Durgars suddenly appear from out of nowhere. Well, you guys are certainly in a pickle. This is what happens when they split up the group. Just gonna shout, Durgar, in this throne room. We need help. Help us! Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hopefully we'll make it there without getting torched to By death. By invisible peekers. <laughs> Hidden listeners. And two of these Durgar look different from any um, of the other ones that you've encountered so far. They both wear black robes with red accents along the sleeves. And a red circle is painted atop their bald gray heads and they both begin to move their hands and mutter phrases in Durgar. And Elric, you suddenly feel the urge to drop your glaive and surrender. Oh no. Roll a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Oh boy. An 18. Wow. All right, nice, you resisted his spell. And uh, now the other Durgar cleric is also casting a spell. And Jake, you immediately recognize it 
as inflict wounds. Mm. Uh. Then the carotid beam flies across the room and hits with a dirty 20. Oh. And you take 3d10 necrotic damage. That's Holy oh. Mac, you might just have died. Goodbye. You take 10 points of damage and you are now in heavy. He's in heavy. Oh my god, I got lucky Whoa, as all you hell. just got lucky. <laughs> yeah. 3d10s. And how many? Oh, oh my boy. god, he got 10. Yeah. So only a third of the potential points. Wow. On top of the 15 d the fire damage, he's ailing. And then ailing he um, is. the door guard captain moves towards you. And as he does, he enlarges. Oh no. <laughs> all right, that ends the surprise round. Okay. Bull crap. That was the bullcrap round. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone roll initiative. Okay. Oh boy. Gone. Uh, nine. Oh shit buckets of seven. <laughs> shit buckets of seven. Uh, why? Why Bastard. is my initiative always so low? A plus why do you two. always complain about For it? For fuck's sake, a plus two. Cause it never rolls high. It's like I'm cursed. A three. You don't hear me complaining. But I you almost always I'm, roll the I'm highest. I'm happy with the three. You're almost always at the top. <laughs> it's initiative. You're going to get to go. I promise. Yeah, but you want to go before the bad guys go. Bad guys are going. <laughs> yes, they are. You guys all rolled low initiatives. But you know what? They also rolled crappy initiatives. And Elric's nine was highest. Uh, so he goes first. Wow. So Elric, yes. you've been uh, ambushed in this throne room by four gray dwarves, two clerics, and two warriors, uh, one of which is in your face. What are you going to do? All right. Now, I'm not going to do anything fancy right now, except possibly take an action surge. I want to... Uh, so, Glaive of Sharpness. Hit with a 23. Nice. Damage to him is... 11. Ooh, 11 points. Puts him into heavy right off the bat. So, second glaive of sharpness attack. Hit. 22 hits. So, damage. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, seven. Ooh, not bad. Uh, bonus butt. Uh, bonus action. Ah, uh, the butt missed. Oh, no. Usually never happens. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take an action surge. I'm gonna you gotta put him down, thin the herd. Yeah, I gotta find my action surge though. Here it is. Let me click on it. Another glaive of sharpness. Ooh, 22 hits. 22. Damage. Come on. Oh, oh, booger. He's dying. Oh, that's all you needed. And that's all you needed. One Durgar goes down. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, movement. I'm going to run up to that priest in the corner. Okay. Five, 10, 15, and st stand there. That's my move. That's my turn. All right. Elric starts off with a whirlwind of glaive strikes and uh, quickly takes one of the warriors down and makes his way to the cleric in the northwest corner. And now we go to Jake, whose body is suddenly covered with necrotic wounds. And behind you, you feel the hot breath of an enlarged Durgar. What are you going to do? I am going to do the only thing that makes sense, which is call on my spirit guardians. Okay. Hopefully these angelic ghostly figures will fly around and whack this Durgar <laughs> captain in the head, you bastard. 
And he fails. All right. Yes. Yes. And it does 3d8 radiant damage. Oh, giving as good as you're getting. Well, not quite. Only 3d8s. Oh, oh, shit. Seven points. Oh. That freaking sucks. Oh. So I am going to burn my second level spell slot right now. And I'm going to pull out the Book of Agma. Because if my... If my radiant damage does nothing to you, perhaps the Book of Agma will. Hey. What about Durgar Priest One? Don't your um, guardians reach him? Oh, yeah, he actually does get afflicted. Oh. so I need to roll for him too. So Durgar Priest One, he rolls and he fails. Nice. So he takes three d eight radiant as well, and. If I can get over there, I will drop it on your face, George. Oh, 19. All right, that's better. Better, much better. 19 yeah. points of damage, putting him into heavy. Bochi, now, bochi. I am going to use my bonus action. I'm going to pull out my Book of Agma, and I'm going to drop it on the face of the Durgar Captain, you gigantic bastard. And it go! Oh, natural hit. 20! <laughs> Nice. Critical hit. The book comes out swinging. Thanks, nice. Agma. A critical hit with a book. And he does three points. <laughs> seven. Oh. <laughs> seven points of damage with a critical oh, hit. sickles. Fudge sickles. Yeah, he rolled a one and a two. It's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's not for <sighs> money. You're seven okay. points is seven points. Better than missing. It's for my life. <laughs> Esmir. Uh, all right, so you're out here in the dining hall when you suddenly hear Elric and Jake call out for help. Seems like there's Durgar in the southern room. What are you going to do? I'm going to help us. <laughs> help us. Uh, is the door open? Yes, the door is open, and you can see an enlarged Durgar on the other side. I need to get somewhere where I know the fires won't get me because I can't make it all the way to the door. And then I think I'm going to go five and I'm going to do it uh, on the down low. You're already low down. I'm going to crouch down <laughs> while I run. Okay. Five, 10, 15, 20, right there. Right by the, in between the two tables. Okay. Do I have a line of sight on Durgar, Captain? Uh, sure, but roll it at a negative two because he's um, partially blocked by the door frame there. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna shoot a, a fire bolt at the Durgar, Captain. Negative two. 16 minus two. Plus five, 21. <laughs> it's a lot of math. Sweet. Holy crap. All right, so 21 hits. That's right. All the damage. All right. Wow. 18 points. Nice. Oh, yeah. Maximum almost. Yeah. 18 out of 2d10. That is sweet. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> it's a firebolt now. Yeah, this is my bonus action. I'm going to move Boromir. What's his movement? Let me see. 40. He's going to go. 35. He's going to go in between the two tables. All right, Cullen, you're out here examining this fire trap when you hear the guys yell out from the southern room. And you see Esmir making her way towards the room, throwing fire bolts as she goes. When suddenly, the brass plate next to you there 
opens up again. Squeaky, squeak, squeak. What do you do? Mm. You know what? What if I take one of my axes and just jam it into the opening? You mean the brass plate opening? Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, jam it in there and see if if it uh, if there's any reaction. Okay. So you jam your uh, axe in there and it forces the brass plate open. And the uh, plate tries to move again, squeak, 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 but it can't, uh, it can't close, right? Because you've jammed it in the open position. <laughs> okay. And I bend over a little bit and I yell in there, hey, you little bastard, I'm coming for you. You can't hide forever. <laughs> and as you're yelling that, flames suddenly erupt from the opening below the plate. Whoa. So Cullen? Roll a dexterity saving throw to see if you get out of the way in time. Oh, great. <laughs> Come on. 17. Yeah. Nice. You All right, so you make your save, so you're only going to take half damage. Oh, even though we succeeded? Yeah, I forgot to do that the first time. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, so you managed to get out of the way, but you, uh, you get a little singed from the intense heat, and uh, you take four points of fire damage. Okay. I'm gonna take my axe out of the opening and think. It's, does it? Does this thing continue to close? Um. Yeah. As soon as you you know pull your axe out, the brass plate closes. Kachink. So is that like my whole action, or can I do? Yes, that was your whole action, but um, you still have movement if you'd like. Okay. I'm gonna assume that it's gotta open again before he fires again, or at least it takes a minute to charge. So I'm going to move 30 feet to stand right in front of the southern door next to the giant Duergar, the Indigen Duergar. Okay. And I'm going to use my action surge and get at least a chance to take a swing. And let's see here. I'm going to use my vicious battle axe as a two-handed weapon since I only get one shot. <laughs> <laughs> 23. Wow. Nice. 11 points of damage. Ouch. Ouch. That's a lot of damage. Yeah. yeah, that was a good slice. All right, now we go to Asilius, who's still out in the um, in the entrance hall being a lookout. What's he going to do? He's going to kind of fly all the way through the entryway and into the room, and he's going to hover over the first table. Okay. And now we go to Duergar Priest 1, who has Elric in his face. All right. And he is going to... Crap his pants. Crap his pants. <laughs> so, so he... Hold on. I'm sorry, but he needs to make... So, with Spirit Guardians, it says, when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, it must make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, that's right. Okay. So he rolls a wisdom saving throw, and he rolls an 11. So he fails. Mm. Fails. Okay, so what's the damage? 3d8. <laughs> Ouch. All right, roll it. Oh, he killed oh, him. Ah, oh, he goes down. And the, and the, and the, pre, the angelic light comes <sighs> flying out in beams and just melts his face off. Oh, look into the light. Fantastic. And the, uh, and the Durgar priest on the other side of the room 
uh, he sees his comrade get, you know, shredded by the spirit guardians, and he's like, no! And he again uh, casts inflict wounds onto Jake. Oh, hi, Jake! Uh, I know, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Oh, yes. I'm gonna Will? die now. Will? And he rolls a 21. He hit. He hits. Oh, no. Doing shit tons of death. Doing 3d10 necrotic. I only have 13 left. And he rolls a 14. Oh, and it no. kills me. And down goes Jake to the floor. And as Jake falls unconscious, his spirit guardians disappear. Oh. Yeah. I always knew the uh, Forlorn Hills was a bad vacation spot. <laughs> the only thing worse than spooky houses are dwarf houses. Yeah. It's like cleric versus cleric, Ladiguerre versus Agaba. Assholes versus good guys. <laughs> <laughs> and now the enlarged captain uh, moves into the doorway. He's like, who's out here that just hit me? Uh-oh. And uh, he swings <laughs> his huge war pick at Cullen. <laughs> and it's with a 22. Doing 2d8 plus 2, 10 points of damage. I'm going to see if I can parry some of that damage. Okay. So uh, Perry is, um, I just roll 1d8. Mm-hmm. Try and get back some of that damage. Six. Nice. So you parry the war pick and only take four damage. Nice. Elric, you're up. All right, so two Duergar remain. A warrior and a priest are down, but so is Jake. What are you going to do? Yeah. Jake is down. Cullen is engaging the Duergar captain. I'm going to stay where I am, and no, I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to close 5, 10, 15. Wait a minute. I can't move past that. Can't stand on Jake's dead body. Okay. Jake, get out of that. You bestride. What was that? Bestride. <laughs> bestride his body. Bestrode. I am bestriding his dead body, <laughs> and I'm going to give him the glaive. I was going to do a firebolt, but I think two glaive attacks and a bonus butt is the better choice right now. So, all right. Glaive of Sharpness. 22 hits. Nice. Demise. I look up and say, nice. <laughs> Daddy! Ooh, Ooh, nice! And then the... You killed him. And then the enlarged dwarf topples over and hits the ground with a loud thud. Don't fall on Jake! <laughs> well, I've moved 15 feet. I've attacked, so that's an action. Hmm. I would like to do something for Jake, but you know what? I'm just going to keep moving. Okay. And I'm just I'm just running across the room. I just I run up to the giant Durgar captain. I take him down. I spin around. I look at the Durgar priest. And I say, "You're next, buddy." And I just I just run up to him. Nice. Okay. So you still got a a second attack and your bonus butt. Oh, so I can I can use that swing in the bonus butt. Yeah, you can uh, you can make your attacks anywhere within your movement. Okay. Yeah, you're moving around the battlefield, swinging your glaive at everyone in your reach. You're like Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be almost like a ballet if it wasn't so macho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Glaive of sharpness. Miss. Twelve. Oh. Twelve misses. Bonus butt. Bonus action. Hit. Oh. Sixteen hits. Okay. Wounded. Wounded. Seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. Pretty good for the butt. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, that's four plus just max. Max butt. (laughs) All right, Jake, we haven't done uh, one of these here in a while. Roll a death saving throw. Hey. Oh, 
Ah, oh. oh, you don't make it and slip one step closer to death. And Esmir, the enlarged dwarf that was in the doorway, suddenly topples over, and you see Jake in the other room lying motionless on the floor. What do you do? Okay, so I'm gonna go five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Am I close enough to Jake to, to do something to him here? Yeah, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get my backpack and I'm gonna say healer's kit. And then I'm gonna stick my hand in, grab my healer's kit and I'm going to rip open the stuff with my teeth <laughs> and then I'm gonna put pressure on it. I'm saying it out loud, like, okay, put pressure on it. <laughs> and then while I'm putting pressure on it with one hand, I'm, well, I'm slapping him in the face, even though there's no blood cause it was a magic, a magical attack. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter, I'm still, you know, I watch those shows, those hospital shows. Be cool. The traveling minstrels that come through town and tell tales of great medical valor. Hence, he saith stat, and I witteth stat. <laughs> Jake, stay with me. Stay with me, Jake. I'm trying. I can't lose you, babe. I can't lose you. I'm so bad. My butt is burned. My brain is killing me. I'm a monster. Well, you are stabilized, but you're still unconscious. And it's now Cullen's turn. So, Cullen, as we just. Like, can, can I move my pig? Oh. <laughs> can I move my pig? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's a war boar. My poor little, poor little oinky gets left behind all the time. I want him to go Charge. into the room and he he scurried underneath Colin's legs. And as he went by me, I, I pushed him with my foot so he'd go faster. And so he's directly across from Durgar Priest 2. Ah, he's getting ready for a charge. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was going to run over and help you do CPR on Jake and lick his face. <laughs> no, he'll do that later. Well, Jake, Jake's the bacon guy, so, you know, he's not too excited about helping Jake out. <laughs> it's like, that's the bacon Jake's guy, the so bacon. whatever. I'm the one with the rashers of meat. I love Boromir. <laughs> All right, so Cullen, you're standing in the doorway fighting this enlarged Durgar when suddenly a blade tears right out of its chest and blood squirts out and then it slowly falls to the ground and reveals Elric standing right behind it with a bloody glaive. Cool. Nice. And then Elric <laughs> runs back uh, you know, further into the room as Esmir runs right past you and dives over to Jake and then a second later, Boromir runs right between your legs and into the room. What do you do? All right, so I'm going to run up because he's within 30 feet of me. And I'm going to use my two attacks. And this time I switch back. I draw my sword, shift my axe into the other hand, and take two swings. Chop, chop. The axe swings. Seven. Uh, oh. Fourteen misses. Um, well, with fourteen, if I drop a little precision on that, I might be able to get a hit. So let's try that. Um, I just roll a d8 and see what the result is. Add it to the previous result. Now it's a twenty. Now it's a hit. Nice. So we give us the damage. Giveth the damage forth. And it is the 10. 10 points. He is heavy. Nice. And we swing the sword. Ah, oh, 
Oh, it misses. I don't. I can only use one battle maneuver, so that just is. That's just a miss. And then we take our bonus action, set dual wield. Axe comes flying in, and it's a twenty. Nice. Dirty. I'll take it. Eleven points. Nice. Puts him into critical. Ouch. All right, that Duergar's in trouble. He's cornered. He's alone, and he's not looking so good. This priest is looking worse. <laughs> <laughs> now we go to Asilius. What's he doing? Uh, he's going to stay there. And AC's going to be on the lookout. Okay, sounds good. And now it's the Duergar priest's turn. And he is not going down without a fight. He's going to take one of you down with him. Oh, no. Laduguerre demands it. I was hoping he'd go down without a trick. It looks like he's got a trick for us. Mm-hmm. It will be no treat. Yeah, he has many tricks. But which trick? That's the question. It's got a whole bag of tricks. <laughs> it's a chock full bag. All right. So the priest's hand begins to glow the uh, familiar sickly green of necrotic magic as he reaches out to touch you, Elric. Okay. Oh, he rolls a five. Elric easily dodges the dwarf's hand. Nice. Nice. Sweet Caroline. All right, Elric, you just dodged this priest's pathetic excuse for an attack. (laughs) I think it's time you put him out of his misery. All right. Uh, I'm just going to give him the glaive. Miss. Twelve misses. Missed that one. Okay, second swing. That hits. 18 hits. Nice. Oh, that's all it took. Nice. You cut him down. And the throne room is once again quiet, except for the the crackling of the fireplace. And in the center of the room lies an unconscious Jake. I walk over to Jake. I I bend down. Have a drip of sweet Oifanen's honey. You now have four hit points. Thank I load, you. I rolled the lowest possible score. Unbelievable. Two ones, two ones plus two. Wow. Could have been ten, but was four. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, boy. He coughed up a lot. Yeah, of it. I did. Spilled <laughs> off the side. I mean, it is viscous. Esmir's slapping his back really hard. Come on, spit it out, buddy. <laughs> like really hard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both very much. I saved your life. Did you see that? I taste Boyfinian's honey. (laughs) (laughs) Now, guys, please, from now on, don't split up the party. Oh, says the guy who wanders off all the... I'm going to go in this room. (laughs) I'm going to go open the door. I know. (laughs) This guy. Hey, but when I'm told to stop, I stop. Whatever. Do you really? (laughs) Technically... We never Let's told you to stop. Kitchen. Let's talk about a little kitchen back in Jolkin. <laughs> kitchen and Jolkin? <laughs> let's, let's really quick search the bodies and then uh, keep exploring. I am not going to do anything until I cure wounds. So I, at a level three, am going to drop 3d8 plus four onto me. I'm going to be um, curing my wounds. And I got a, ba- a batch of shit. 12 <laughs> points for that. Jeez, maybe if you weren't so ordinary about it. Well, you guys can also take a short rest and roll some hit die to heal up. Yeah, let's take a short rest. Okay. I'm down 14. I am down, down, like down to the ground. And I got five of them. 
All right, so while you guys rest and bandage yourselves up, you, um, you search the gray dwarves, and you don't find anything of value, but you do find a key on one of the priests. Ooh. And you also check out their, um, their setup here by the fireplace where there are uh, several scrolls being held down by a beautiful silver bowl. Yeah. And you can tell right away that um, this bowl is of dwarven make, right? And definitely worth some gold. And inside the bowl, you find seven nice gems that are probably worth about 10 gold each. And mixed in with the gems, you find numerous human and halfling molars. <clears throat> are there any gold in them? That's gross. Uh, no. Damn. Uh, but again, this bowl is flattening out several scrolls. Okay. Mm. So do we read the scrolls? Yeah, we do. All right, so you look over these scrolls, and Jake and Elric, you guys can read Dwarvish, so you uh, understand some of the words here and there. And you begin to surmise that this is their plans or uh, kind of their to-do list for uh, converting Firehammer Hold to their needs, right? And to convert it from the worship of Helia Bright Axe to the worship of La Duguer. Yeah. Douchebag to-do list. Conquer inhabitants. Throw out old iconography. Invite people over for a temple warming ceremony. <laughs> Worship the god of la Dida, and then screw everything up. Yeah, and you see that um, it looks like the first main project is to remove a statue of Halia Brightax from a shrine in the northwest corner of the hold. Oh. And you also see some notes there that mention a trap in a hall in the northwest corner. Mm. And it also notes that the trap is controlled from a nearby room. Mm. Huh. So he had the key for that locked door. Yeah, that's what I'm that's thinking. That's got to be the room where you disable the trap. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that we have to go back to that first room at the bottom of the stairs and test that key in that door. Okay, that's a good idea. But this is the thing is we never figured out this trap in the room above us. Well, we're going to just move on one at a time. Okay, wait, run. wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Mark, didn't you say there was like some sort of banner or flag in this room? Yep, there's a black banner hanging from the fireplace mantle, and it's shaped like a kite shield, and in the center of it is a red broken crossbow bolt, which you know is the symbol of La Duguerre. Yeah. Right? It's the same symbol you saw defiling the statue of Vergadane. Yeah. Okay, can I lift, is it, so it's hanging on there? Yep. Okay, and it's, uh, I'm going to take it down. Okay, you easily remove it from the mantle. And what's behind it? Uh, nothing. It was just like nothing. a, you know, a decoration hanging on the fireplace. Okay. So, can I investigate this wall at this, like behind, like this wall, where this corner is, where that guy was? Um, behind this chair around there? Sure. Everyone can roll a perception check if they'd like, you know, if they're looking around during their rest in here. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to check behind the throne. I want to look behind the throne. I got 13. 14. I rolled investigation instead of perception. That's okay. You guys don't find anything secret or out of place in this room. But Jake, you, um, you find something that might interest you. 
You find three ink pots, several quills, and uh, chunks of chalk. Ooh, nice. Mm. I will add those. Is there a significance? Do I think that there's some sort of significance to the teeth? Mm. Um, well, you do find it interesting um, in the fact that the teeth are human and halfling and not dwarven teeth. Mm. Do I think that they were doing some sort of magic with them? You can roll an arcana check. Oh boy, 10, I got a plus seven. Mm. Yeah, Elric, do you think, do you remember me telling you about any kind of spells or magic you do with other people's teeth? Cause it's really gross. Okay, is this arcana? Mm-hmm. He has okay. arcana. I got a plus five in arcana. Yeah, he's Sweet. a battle mage. Ah, 10. He rolled the same thing. We're both no. scratching our heads. <laughs> no. Neither of you find any signs of magic or any evidence of any kind of um, uh, uh, rituals involving these teeth. Um, I'm going to take the teeth just in case we need them as some sort of evidence and just to take them out of there because I think it's uh, uncool. Okay. And... Um, and as you're picking up the teeth, um, you start to think of the mass grave outside and remember, um, you remember the humans and halflings that were buried in there. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to take that flag, the banner, and I'm going to put it in my bag of holding. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell the guys that I, I want to investigate in the other room between the two fireplaces. Isn't there a a big statue there? Uh, it's a, no, it's a wall it's a, thing. It's mosaic. a mosaic. A mosaic. But wasn't there something in vandalized in there, too? No. No. But it is where the fire trap is. All right. So what I want to do is I want to line up. I want to sneak up there, and then I want to kind of wait and then run. I'm just dashing to where I know I can't get hit. Yo, you get hit right where you're standing. You got hit there last night. Uh, then I dash to here, which is directly in the center area. Okay, and as you two dash out into the dining hall, you both notice that the um, the brass plates above the fire traps are open, but nothing happens as you quickly scurry to a safe zone. Huh. So I'm thinking that when they hear us enter the room, they open the peephole and wait until we're close enough to the the flamethrower to set it off to, you know, that we would get damage and then they set it off. Right. The only thing is that if, if there's guys back there, then why aren't there like 40 dwarves in this room right now trying to kill us? Well, that's what the thing is that I think that they're looking through here, but there's a way north to get back around this big room to the back side where those guys are. Yeah, but I'm saying if they're just sitting back there, why wouldn't they just alert everyone to come and kill us? I don't know. I think I think it's automated. I think it's automated. I think it's some sort of there's some sort of lever. Well, why would the little metal plate need to move if it was automated? I don't know. I think it's got to be a person back there. But I'm going to look in this fireplace and see if I can find a secret door because that would be the way to get in 
if you were going to have a door did there. you ever did you look at the other one that's surrounded by chairs being blocked um no i didn't go to that fireplace that one's in the line of fire though right yeah no no it's not well that's two squares down it would not be in the line of fire there okay well then you can check that one jake i'm afraid <laughs> oh nothing mm-hmm. colin with that perception check you uh, perceive a very beautiful and well-crafted fireplace. <laughs> okay. There's for sure something. A room's not going to be trapped that much, and there not be nothing in there. Elric, help me out. All right. What can you perceive about the back of this fireplace? I perceive... Or the general area environs. 22. A natural 20. Natural 20. Nice. Well, Elric, you look over this fireplace and it is beautiful and, you know, well-built, right? Those dwarves sure know how to sculpt stone. Mm-hmm. But then your eye catches something on the northern wall next to the fireplace. Okay. You see another one of those brass plates hidden within the uh, bas reliefs of the carousing dwarves. But you don't see a pipe anywhere around it. Interesting. Let's, like, try to open it. Okay. Let's try to poke it with a dagger. Poke it. <laughs> okay. Who's going to poke it? I shall. I'm closest to it, right? Okay. So you take your dagger and push on it, and it opens. You know, it swings open. Uh, and you look in and see only darkness. Okay. Uh, there are peepholes, totally. Elric, let me gl- get a glimpse in there. All right. I've got these owl vision glasses. All right. I'll stand to the side. I poke it open and look in. Okay, you look into this small opening and you see that it uh, passes through the wall here. Mmm, see, I knew it. There's gotta be a door and or something. You see, and you see on the other side what looks to be a hallway. Ah, see, I, I, I think the hallway, the entrance, is out in the antechamber. Yes, I think the entrance is behind like where they're standing right now and controlling their flames and stuff, it's on the uh, obviously the other side of these walls. But um, okay, that one guy had flames shooting right through that one hole on that same wall, that northern wall. Yep. I'm gonna look to see if it's a secret door. <laughs> it's a door. There's gotta be a door in here. Okay. Roll perception. Perception or investigation. Sure, you can roll investigation. Fudge Pops, 12. Yeah, you don't find any signs of a secret door. Okay. I'm beginning to think that we've explored this room to its extent. Yeah. <laughs> I still think there's a door, but I don't can't figure out where it is. So. I think we should go back to the hallway, try that key, and if that key doesn't work, then we should go down this long hallway to the north. Yeah, let's do that. Second the plan. So I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to run I joined Jake in the antechamber. All right, Esmir, looks like the boys are exiting the dining hall. What are you going to do? There's nothing else I can do. I mean, I've looked everywhere I think I can look for a secret door. So I'm kind of pissed off about it. I know there's a secret door in here. It's pissing me off. (laughs) So I'm going to go and follow the guys. Well, one time, at some point, we're going to end up in that hallway that you're seeing through that little hole. 
And at that or point, we will find the It's a secret room that you could only access through here, and it has a bunch of jewels in it. Well, we need to uncover the map further, you will see. Okay. If we see a blank spot there, we shall come back and face the flames again. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. I'm going to walk out into the hallway. Just walk All out. All I know there. is I have not been afraid of fire like that in a long time. I'm going to follow. Well, that's the second time Ray Ray's been poofed by fire. Oh, that's right. I'm going to have AC stay in the hallway here and kind of keep watch. Okay. And then I'm going to go just to the opening of the doorway here. Okay. Um, Just in case fire shoots through that door, it won't hit me. (laughs) So so you guys make your way back to the um, guard room and that locked door. Uh And sure enough, the key you found fits in and unlocks the door. See what we thought. And you open the door and see a dark 10 foot wide, 30 foot long hall that leads to another door. Mm. More doors. More doors. <sighs> doors. More doors. There's always more doors. I'm going to walk, walk up to this door and I'm going to listen at it. Okay. Roll perception. 13. All is quiet. Okay. Is this door locked? It's not locked. All right. I would like I'm, to listen. Well, I was going to open it. Okay, go ahead. You can listen to it open. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't see. Hey, Elric, do you have your do you have your glow globe lit? My drift globe is with me. It's following me. Glow globe. Okay, cool. So I can see. Okay. Uh, glow globe by Norelco. A division of Zappos. Are you tired of not being able to see in the dungeon? (laughs) Frustrating. Well, I'm going to stealthily open this door, so I shall roll stealth. (laughs) Ah, 18. Nice. Okay, you quietly open the door, and your drift globe illuminates a small, dark room with smooth stone walls. Against the western wall, you see two large weapon racks that are filled with a variety of weapons. Ooh. And along the southern wall, you see four large stone basins. Hmm. I take a step into the room. Okay. And Esmir, you're uh, down at the other end of the hall, and it looks like the boys are heading into another room. What are you doing? Okay. I'm going to go into the hall. And I'm going to stand next to the doorway and make sure that nothing crazy happens with the weapons rack Okay. before I go in there. Make sure no one dies. I got my med kit ready, guys. <laughs> Good. All right, so you guys take a look around this room that um, looks like the hold's armory. And on the racks, you see nine spears, five maces, seven shields, six battle axes, and four heavy crossbows. And a part, is there a partridge in a pear tree? Yeah, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> no golden rings? <laughs> Let's check out these basins. Okay, you head over to these big stone basins and you see right away that they hold ammunition, right? Three uh-huh. of them hold hundreds of crossbow bolts and the fourth one holds hundreds of sling bullets, right? Okay. And it also holds a huge lizard that springs up to bite you. <laughs> oh no. All right. Ah. Oh, 
Boy. And it hits with a 21. Oh. Jeez. Jesus. Lizard. <laughs> I win. That's good. I cast shield as a reaction. Ah. Take that, lizard. Okay, so you quickly react, and the lizard's face slams against your magical shield, and then you see like a poisonous ooze drip from its sharp fangs. Ooh. See, that's what I thought. These things are venomous. <laughs> All right, let's roll initiative. Yeah. Damn. Of course. Look at that, Colin. I you finally roll a 20 in initiative, and it's against a lizard. Yes. <laughs> you, God, man. I know, I can't be pleased. You can't be pleased. 18. I got an eight, so I'm going last. So Cullen, you're uh, checking out these weapon racks when suddenly Elric lets out a yelp and you turn and see a kimono dragon looking lizard hanging on his magic shield. You're first, what do you do? Um, I close the distance and take a couple of swings or three. Couple of two three. Gonna a couple of two three hack it to pieces. We're gonna call him Jesus. Yes. Jesus lizard. Jesus lizard. Jesus lizard. Jesus, we're coming for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, stupid lizard. You could have just lived a happy life in the cave somewhere, but you had to attack my friend. Twenty-four. Nice. I know. Twelve. Nice. All right, that puts Jesus into heavy. <laughs> All right, so now a. Swing with the sword. 16 hits. Goodbye. Um, not quite. Seven points of damage. He's dead with the next shot. Well, we'll see. I might if miss. I might miss. You might miss the lizard. Ah, oh, 13 hits. Hit. Oh, he doesn't have much armor. And he's dead. You don't know. Oh. Okay, it is. It's dead. Exceeds by six. Exceeds yeah. by six. He had one hit point. He had one hit point. <laughs> I just hack it up. Well, let me take care of that for you there, Alec. Okay. Thanks, Colin. And for some reason, miraculously, I'm the first person to go. <laughs> Colin's like, I get to go first. I'm going to slaughter this thing. <laughs> yes. I'm going to just hack it to pieces. <laughs> okay. So you've easily defeated this lizard that uh, seems to have been uh, put here to guard this armory that's connected to the guard room. So what do you guys want to do now? Esmeralda. Do you want this lizard's gizzard? <laughs> <laughs> Can I examine the lizard? Sure. Jesus, let me check you out, bro. <laughs> okay, so you examine this large, hacked-up lizard, and you immediately recognize it as a cave lizard. And you know that they are quite poisonous. So if uh, Elric didn't react as quickly as he did, he'd probably be in uh, pretty bad shape right now. Okay. Mm. All right, so I'd like to check out like this north wall of here and look around and see if there's anything out of the ordinary um, that would indicate that this is nothing more than um, something more than a boring room with nothing really in it. <laughs> okay, roll perception. I'd like to roll perception. Okay. I'll, I'm going to see if the weapons racks move. And I got a 20. I got four. Uh, neither of you find anything out of place or secret in here. It just looks to be uh, just a simple storage room. Okay, cool. Out of here, let's go up the hallway, Ote. Yeah? I'm going to um, take, I'm gonna take uh, 10 of those uh, sling bullets. Okay. 
and I'm going to take uh, one of the arrows. Crossbow bolts. Yeah, and I'm going to um, stick one in my backpack. Okay. I take a little souvenir. Mm-hmm. Just in case I want to make a little like ponytail holder thing or something out of it. I want to. I want to. I'm looking for the fire hammer hold shot glass. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's in the gift shop. It's on the way out. It's the oh, last that's room. Right. Exit yeah. through the gift shop. That's how. Yes. It works. Yes. They really rip you off. They get you too. They do. If you kill everybody in the dungeon, you get twenty percent off at the gift shop. One gold and twenty <laughs> copper. <laughs> For a shot glass. What a ripoff. You see, Jerry would give us a much better deal than these stupid, pale ass dwarves. <laughs> there are four types of Jesus lizard, and these holy, remarkable reptiles can scurry across surfaces of ponds and streams for up to 15 feet without sinking. Is this divine intervention, or is science at play? How do Jesus lizards walk on water? And so we leave our heroes having just vanquished a lizard named Jesus and making plans for souvenir shopping. What? What about Firehammer Holds, Dwarven Defenses? Who is Rambo? And is Esmir really like a scale version of him? What is Norelko? And is it really a division of Zappos? And why would you name a war pick Dion? I mean, I don't even get why that's funny. Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the party is exploring more of Firehammer Hold to uh, try and figure out how to get in and uh, deal with these uh, dwarves from the Underdark. And I've been prepping the dungeon for them when they, you know, eventually get in. And in doing so, I've discovered a problem, sort of. Um, now, I read through this Firehammer Hold section back before we started playing, so I would be, you know, familiar with the story progression. Uh, but I haven't revisited this section until they arrived here. And as I was reading through it, I discovered that this dungeon is designed for a party of third-level characters. They're supposed to reach fourth level at the end of Firehammer Hold. And these guys are fifth level, right? Almost sixth. They're at uh, heroic level, or the heroic tier, right? They've got their extra attacks and their third-level spell slots, right? So... For some reason, I had it in my head that they were supposed to be fifth level when they got here. Where I got that idea, I don't know, but somehow it got stuck in there, and then I forgot about it. So I went back and read the introduction. Now, uh, for a little backstory, this module came out in 2014, before 5th edition was officially released. Uh, and it was called D&D Next at that time. And the Scourge of the Sword Coast uh, was basically a playtest for 5th edition. 
It was designed to be played in gaming stores uh, to get feedback for the 5e developers. And people who played it got, you know, D20s and a big poster map of Daggerford. It was a big deal. So I read further and discovered that the players would decide to either go to Julkin or Harpshield, not both. I, on the other hand, set it up for them to do both because, you know, I thought they were cool and I wanted them to, you know, find the treasures there. Um, so with that, and then, you know, add the bandit clan and the huge orc battle on the way back to Jolkin and the, uh, the uh, haunted mansion and probably some other things, they're now fifth level in a level three dungeon. And I also discovered that when they eventually converted this to 5th edition, some of the monsters were now too powerful for the adventure. So they had to make less powerful versions so it would be the appropriate challenge. And of course, the Durgar were one of those creatures that they made less powerful. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that I've got some homework to do to get this dungeon to a more appropriate uh, challenge for these guys, because this section is a big part of the story, and I want it to be a memorable one, right? I don't want it to be, you know, too much of a cakewalk for them, even though they would probably argue that it's not a cakewalk, um, but we'll see. I'll see what I'm going to do. All right, well, I hope that this adventure is memorable for you uh, listeners out there. Uh, let us know what you think on our social media pages or uh, at an, uh, an email to those guys at rollradio.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And uh, check us out at rollradio.com to find Jake's journals and Roll Radio merch and links to the episodes. And to Andrew Capone, who produced our Roll Radio theme music to Sirenscape.com, where all the in-game music and sound effects come from, and to Wizards of the Coast, where all D&D goodness lives. And don't forget to spread the word and to tune in next time when the party discovers more dwarven deities and deviousness. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.